Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in how things used to be in the hair industry, who wants to hear from ladies who are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. Hello and welcome to my solo episode of She Makes Waves. Today's episode, I'm going to talk about playing the long game, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, and how if you want to be in this career for a long time, you know, you kind of have to treat it like a marathon and play the long game. And so I think about how, you know, I'm going to be 32 in a couple weeks and, you know, I'm, I'm a very different person than I was and I have very different values and... I mean, I played the the short game for a long time, which is, you know, quicker, better, faster, more, more, more. But I believe that if you want to stay in this industry sustainably, that you have to shift your focus. And so I feel like playing the long game means saying no so that you can say yes. So things that I've done in my career that I've really like, feel like it really helped me in, I feel like there's things I've done outside of work that have really helped me. And one of those things is actually running marathons. I've been able to really have my mind be pushed to the limit and keep going. And so now I've done 12 marathons and some of them I've pushed myself too hard. Some of them I've ended 26.2 miles and I felt great. And I feel like that's kind of a metaphor for life is, you know, just like when you run a marathon. And I did one with my mom in San Francisco, the largest women's event in the world. It's called the Nike Women's Marathon. And so my mom and I did that. And the day before that we did it, they had this expo and it was like in the downtown part of San Francisco. And uh, someone spoke and she said something that I'll always remember she said, you need to break the marathon up into threes. So you run the first 10 miles with your legs. They've done the distance. They know the mileage. You know, you run the next 10 miles with your mind because your mind has to stay with you and you have to remember why you're out there. You have to remember, you have to remember that you've still got another leg left. And so you have to treat it such and not push yourself so far that you don't have any gas left in the tank. And so that's when experience comes in of saying, okay, generally speaking, in a marathon, you've done up to 20 miles if you're a novice. So, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to do the next 10 miles. Like, I've done this. I need to keep my mind straight. I got to stay focused on why I'm here, what I'm doing. And then they say, run the next six miles with your heart. Because your heart has to remind you, it's pushing yourself beyond the limits. And your heart is who you're doing it for. You know, you think about your why, the person that you get up for in the morning, the, the people, the tribe that you serve. You think about just what's bigger than you, because that's what's going to get you to push beyond your limits and through your limiting beliefs and to the finish line. That is your life. So I, I wanted to talk today about that because it has helped me. And there have been seasons in my life where I haven't used my mind. I've used my legs. And, I've, you know, and I'm not saying it's always in the same order. And I was going to say it's debatable whether you actually use your mind the first 10 miles 
or use your legs. It kind of depends on your consciousness, right? So for me, if we're going to relate this to hair, I definitely didn't use my mind. Even though I know I had to think behind the chair and whatever, I mostly used my legs, right? You know, I knew I could push my body. I was like 19 when I started doing hair, so... I, I, I functioned at an extremely high level of physical work. You know, like I would see 10, 15 people a day with the help of an assistant, sometimes not. And, you know, I feel like I'm kind of entering a new season of my career where I want to use my mind more and to be able to still work behind the chair, but kind of free myself up from having to hustle that much. And I heard something recently that I really liked. It said, most people that are preaching um, personal self-care are people that hustled the last 12 years. So I, I kind of feel like that was a, oh yeah, that's, that's me moment. Because I know like a lot of the undertones of my guests and the people that I have on are about people that are kind of like getting in flow, doing less of like the hard stuff. But I think that hopefully it's coming through that most people that I'm talking to did the hard stuff. So I don't think that you get to this awesome place of self-love and self-care without the hard stuff. So I want to make sure that people know that I don't think that you bath bomb your way to a successful life. Do I think you have to kill yourself for 12 to 14 years like I did? I don't know. It's my story. It's what happened. And I wouldn't change it because I arrive at today with the experiences that I've had. So, But I think that it's really kind of cool to think of your career, uh, in particular as a hairstylist, like a marathon. And if you think about it in three legs, like what leg are you in? And how do you need to behave in this part in this season of your career. And I think it's kind of hard to shift that mindset into saying, okay, so I've done the grind. And sometimes I think you can feel guilty for not. And I think that, you know, like, I think that fear jumps in and I think that you can second guess yourself and get in your head. But you have to just honor where you're at in your race. And that's different than the person in the suite next to you. That's different than the assistant or the associate that you bring on. That's different than, you know, someone else. And that's okay. Because, like, what if you're in the first 10 and they're in the second? Or, oh, yeah, those last six. I mean, I want those to feel awesome. I want, and I don't know, I'm dreaming here. I want the last six, which aren't for a while. I want those last six to be, like, oh my gosh, it's all been worth it. And I think that it, I feel a little bit like that now, but I look forward to being at a place in my business where I go, holy shit. Like all of the things that I learned and all the detours and those things that I did along the way that I thought took me out of my way took me in so many odd directions that those last six miles feel like everything. And so I think that a lot of times I feel like we all want to give up or we want to quit, but we're learning the valuable things we have to learn 
to be able to lead the way that we lead and to do the things that we're meant to do. And we don't learn how to be the strong person that we are unless we go through the things that kind of break you down and make you question. And I don't know, for me, every time I guess I have a failure, which I don't think it's a negative word. I was going to say like when I learn something, I think that, you know, I've been lately saying to myself, some people go to business school. I just continue to take stabs at what I think are going to be right for me. And even when they're not, how valuable is that? I don't know. I mean, and here's the deal. No one can look at what I've done and know what I know because I'm the one that did it. I'm the one looking at my QuickBooks going, that was an expensive learning experience. But you know what? No one else gets that nutrients from those experiences. Yeah, I can share with a friend, but it's a little different to look at a $32,000 investment that didn't work out. It's a little different when it's your skin in the game. And so I don't regret anything I've done. I think that I get discouraged, I get down, but then I remember, oh my God, I'm in the second leg of this thing. And I still have a long way to go, but I know that this is all necessary. But I do have moments of like, motherfucker, really? That's not going to work either. But then that subsides. I take a bath with a lush bath bomb. I read a Trent Shelton book. And I get back in the game. Take a day off. You know, get back in the game. Go to Ohm on the Range Yoga Studio in Chicago. And I think that just finding those, like, protecting your peace while you continue to learn is really all you can do. But I think that sometimes I'm guilty of getting down on myself and feeling like I screwed up again or this isn't going to work. And, you know, I start flipping through Instagram and I start seeing other people and I'm like, what do they do? Look at how great their business is. What do you think their secret is? And guess what? There's nothing that they could tell me that is going to make sense because, I mean, there is stuff they can tell me, but there, I have to go on my path and my journey. And so it's so cool to like have people and to have people on the show and I learn so much from them. But my biggest teacher is my own experiences. So I encourage you to give yourself a little credit. You keep getting up in the arena after being face down. You got guts. And I think I'm talking to myself right now. This has been a motivational speech for me, but I'm glad that I can share it with you all. And I just say, honor the part of the race that you're in and don't beat yourself up because... Every little setback is going to be part of your comeback. And you might not see it now, and it might not make sense now, but you have to trust your vision, and you have to trust that the thing, that the whisper that you keep hearing, it's there because it's the work you're here to do. And it's easy to see how hard it is and say, oh, is this really really worth doing? Because it's hard. But if it's in your head and it keeps coming up and it's a whisper that you hear, 
that's your work to do on this planet. And uh, no one said it was going to be easy. And it's going to probably involve a lot of Pinterest quotes. But I, I feel like surround yourself with people that are chasing their dreams. And you can cry on each other's shoulder, you know, get a little of the blood off someone's cheek and snot off their nose and get back in the game because anyone worth doing something is struggles. And sometimes because of Instagram, we don't see the struggle. But I was talking to one of my clients yesterday saying, there's things I'll say on my podcast that I wouldn't put on an Instagram post. And I think a lot of that has to do with the context and that I'm better at talking than writing. But also, I don't, yeah, like I don't feel like I want to put out something that looks really negative because I feel like if you've hear anything in this episode, it's like spun together with so much good. And I, I'm not an experienced writer. And so I don't know how to do that in a way that says like, yeah, you know, someone shit materials, but it's still a great day. I didn't know how to write that. So I guess for me, this feels like the most authentic way to share my experiences. And so I also think there's nothing fake about someone that doesn't put like all their hard shit on Facebook. Maybe get a podcast. Have that be the way that you share. But you have to do what feels authentic to you and drown out the noise. Have a great day. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>